Diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania alongside for the ride is JC, except no substitutions. We are not in 2D. We are 3D as opposed to what was on the NXT Hangover. If you go check that out on uh, Jobberknocker YouTube account there with the uh, the boys having a little bit of fun with JC and your boy Nestlemania. The Queen Magic was at an all-time high this weekend. Obviously a fantastic NXT takeover. We will give our horrible thoughts on the show because, you know, we're not, we're not as big as NXT guys. We hate NXT. Yes. But if you watch, there are two surprise guests that uh, certainly surprised me when uh, NXT TakeOver, the NXT Hangover show by the Quinn Twins on the Jobberknocker YouTube. It is must-see, so definitely check that shiz out, boys, girls, dogs, cats, people. Everybody with eyes and ears, pretty much. <laughs> Just go. check it out. Any, any, any living object. Uh, but anyway, we're going to get right into the shine, I think. It's the best part of the show in JC's uh, opinion, but I think it's the worst. Let's get happy. Let's get excited. What got you happy, excited, or whatever this week? This week? Oh, Not boy. a lot. Not much. But you know what? I think we have to start with the lead because I know it's something you're excited for. I'm excited for it because I was ready Nestlemania in our December show, the Knocker Awards. Most underutilized talent was always one of my favorite categories. My pick this year was 100% going to be Mustafa Ali. Well, you know what, Nestlemania? It can't be anymore because Mustafa Ali revealed himself as the leader of Retribution. We have a lot of stuff to go through on this, and I actually have some questions for you as we do it. So if we spend a half hour on this, so be it, because the rest of the week was shit. But I'm happy for Mustafa Ali because I think he's an incredible talent. I've always loved him. He was with Cedric Alexander, the heart and soul of 205 Live back in the day. Now they're both heels, which is hilarious. Uh, but Nestlemania, I know you were pumped up for this. I'm excited for Mustafa Ali. The rest of it, I might have some things to pick at, so I'll leave it to you now. Look, I was excited because, again, you go back and you think about, are they just putting little red herrings or little uh, little uh, Easter eggs, as they will, as they say on DVDs, uh, when there's little things here and there in previous weeks or months ahead. And so I've and the, the original thing for me was, well, we'll talk about it more about the hacker portion of this entire thing. But I, I was excited to see what we were going to get with that. Uh, but to me, when it when obviously her business stuff always makes me interested because like we've talked about on this program, there's so super much. Hot fire. Yeah, it is super hot fire. There's nothing better on uh, Monday Night Raw consistently than the heart business. Uh, and, you know, business is always booming, apparently, for what MVP says. Cedric obviously is out for another week or two. But uh, when they're at full strength, there's nobody better. I got to say, having them do the, uh, you know, making it a joke or not a joke about the draft and if they're going to get picked somewhere else and making you know the whole aspect of Apollo being a nobody on Smackdown that promo always like when you do something like that and you get a little bit too close to the truth 
I love that stuff. So have you know having him go, hey, if you're part of the hurt business, it's going to be a best you know best decision that you've ever made, and I'll give you to the end of the night. Which obviously, as we will talk about later in the program, was not the only ultimatum that was given uh, in a timely manner. But uh, just seeing the whole aspect of Ali getting in there. And having, you know, the match with the tag match was kind of pedestrian, except for, you know, my boy Bobby, who was just lighting up little guys for the most part. I love watching him wrestle little oh, people. Oh, dude, it's so good, man. It's so good, him and little guys. I just, I never thought in my, in my life that I would ever want to see Bobby Lashley. And now every week I want to see Bobby Lashley. He's Bobby done a phenomenal Lashley job. Bobby Lashley was like number one on your hit list for a long time. Oh, especially yeah. Especially when he came back. Then like you like the Leo thing, but then it was kind of like, oh, you're, they push him for nothing. But like. This is the best version of Bobby Lashley because you took away the one thing that he doesn't do well, talking. You let, he, he says a thing here and there, which is fine. That's always fine to have him say a little, but MVP is his voice. And you let him just go out there and hurt people. And it is just so good because Lashley, we know he's a killer. We're talking about a Bellator fighter here. like He's the real deal, man. Ooh, yeah, sorry, I couldn't help myself with the uh, D'Lo Brown. However, uh, then we get to the match, and then, of course, the retribution comes out because if you look closely – even Ali said in the promo previously to the matchup, he goes, ooh, their logo showed up and y'all got scared. And I was like, that's great. That's wonderful. And then, of course, the logo showed up. They all got scared. Then it became they were here. Everybody was freaking out. You know, they were selling it, you know, all over the place on commentary. They were freaking out. And then, of course, they go back to back to back. Are you in or are you out? Which, for me, before they revealed him as the leader of Retribution, I was like, is this a weird way to get him to be kind of part of the Hurt Business? So that intrigued me, too, because I was like, oh, maybe he's reluctantly going to be part of the Hurt Business. And then they did the swerve at the end where he's the leader of Retribution. And I went, this is fucking perfect. Fuck it. I couldn't. I, these are the things, you know, they, they all give me shit in the Jobber Knocker thread about saying I predict a lot of stuff. This was not predictable. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was an amazing swerve. I think it gives credibility to this podunk piece of shit group. And I am so excited because I think Ali is well-spoken. He's well-bred. He's just, he's everything you want. He's, he's not a main roster top tier guy yet, but he's, he could be in the upper echelon mid card. And I think this is a way to really shove him up there uh, and get him to where he needs to be. Because if he's got a bunch of minions, then, you know, why wouldn't you give this guy a United so, States championship? The, okay, so that, that there, you hit by my question. Because for me, like when I see a guy like ahead of a group, I'm thinking, all right, is he a world title contender? And WrestleMania, you know me. I'm not a side shamer, but you are. So I was curious to see if you were going to go hypocritical here and be like, Mustafa Ali is going to be WWE champion by the end of the year. Even though he lacks the size, which you like to hate on, which I'm fine with. Because with a group, I think anyone could become a world champion if done correctly. I don't think he will be, though. I think United States champion makes sense. Bobby Lashley, who they're feuding with, is holding it. So that makes a lot of sense. But, Nestlemania, is there a world championship in Ali's future? I think the only way you could ever make Ali a world champion at this rate would be having him win Money in the Bank. I think that's a good launching pad for somebody like this in this smaller stature, as well as yep. having baboons and goons and everybody in between having him up. You know, it's just, they're just, you know, T-Bar or T-Bag, whatever, you know, uh, MVP called them. <laughs> uh, and all these other guys, which, you know, Mason and, uh, you know, Poor Thorn or whatever his slapjack name is. Again, they're fine. We'll get over it. We'll, we'll, we'll get over it. What I foresee in the future is that Ali's going to have a harder look. He's going to have a very much darker black look to go with Retribution. Although I will think it's kind of funny that these big oafs are taking, and not even oafs, but like these big dudes are taking orders from Ali. So there has to be, to me, a very critical moment here 
where you're sitting there and you're going, okay, next week or the week after, maybe I'll, I'll even give him three weeks before I start to lose my shit. There has to be a sizable explanation, a realistic explanation, explanation, excuse me, in why they're taking orders from Ali. What can Ali offer you? What is Ali doing that you so, couldn't do for somebody else? I can try to, I can kind of answer it for you because the first thing that came to mind is when you look at retribution, like their big thing was we've been stuck in the performance center. We're NXT talent. We're never getting the shot. Ali's someone who's already there. He's on the main roster, but he also, it makes sense for him as a leader of retribution because he's been a guy pushed to the side, not getting opportunities. He carried 205 live. And then when they kind of merged everything, he's kind of been thrown to the wayside. He pops up a main event here and there. He's get drags around by Apollo, but at least Ali was already in the door. He opened the door to allow retribution in. So I think that is a very obvious way um, to get you there. And then as you've mentioned, Ali's very well-spoken. He has a lot of leadership qualities. So I think it can work, but you, I, I'm with you. They need to like explain this in a way that doesn't suck over the next few weeks to make it make sense. Right. And I think that the what you're going to see here based on, and I'll be curious to see what happens, but uh, th you know, now that, that the, my wheels, my wheel, excuse me, my wheels are turning in my head. Easy for me to say. Been up since five o'clock in the morning. Uh, I I can see this being a thing where you're either part of the hurt business or you're part of retribution. So I think that Apollo and maybe Ricochet, although they were kind of doing the will Ricochet turn gimmick at the beginning of the commercial break. Golly gee gosh, man! Should I turn heel? Gee golly gosh! I got you, boys. I, that, I hate that I say that because I love him so much. I know, but pew pew <laughs> Send pew. Send him to SmackDown. Get him to SmackDown like I hoped for last yeah, week. Yeah, I know. Get him I, away from all this. Yeah, the thing is, is he's got so much of an upside. He he'll be fine. But it's just yeah, having having to me, I think having Apollo and Ricochet go to the Hurt Business reluctantly to battle Ali and Retribution seems like something for like strange bedfellows for a little bit. I can get behind, and then once they've eradicated or you know subsided the retribution problem i can see them breaking off and being like okay let's get back to business of us hating each other i don't know so, because i just i you know you clearly you can smell it a mile away that there's going to be a giant five on five retribution versus somebody survivor series, survivor series. so i don't know if it's for the takeover or if it's for not takeover nxt but i mean if it's for like the hostile takeover or if it's just for something else but there's so much you know, there's meat on the bone here that we're hoping that, you know, it was kind of a turd from the beginning and now it's like le smells less and less and less. And now with Ali, yes. I think there's a net. I think we've there's definitely, it, in my opinion, Ali is the Febreze of this entire thing. He took the stink right <laughs> off of it. Right. So now you're sitting there and you're going, OK, I like Ali. I want to see him succeed. I'm yes. willing to. And I think that's the other thing. You're willing to to let this breathe more because you're willing to know that this is one of your guys getting a shot. So you're like, it's the same thing we saw with Dark Order and AEW when they got Luke Harper, now Brody Lee. People were suddenly like, oh my God, this is awesome because they wanted to root for Luke Harper slash Brody Lee because he got the raw deal in WWE, even though he flashed potential. So like, I know I've been making comparisons to this all the time, but literally like AEW by putting him in there got fans to be like, okay, I'm going to start making excuses for it until it gets good. So now WWE has done that with Retribution because we all agree. We all like Mustafa Ali. And I think there's a lot more layers to this because Ali's been running, obviously, with Apollo and Ricochet for a while. So them to turn to the Hurt Business, like, I'm curious to see their reactions to Ali being part of, like, this extremist, like, terror organization that's been, like, running Rupshot on Raw. If they're going to, like, immediately be upset with Ali or if they're going to be okay with it or how that, I think that's interesting. And the other thing, I kind of hit on it earlier. Cedric and Ali have always been linked. 
because the 205 Live, they called themselves the heart and soul. They were like the friends. They were the rivals. They were they were like the faces of that franchise. And now they're both heels, which is hilarious. But they're on opposite sides of the fence here. So I think that's another interesting dynamic. So there's certainly, in something like you said, that was completely chicken shit. There's at least some semblance of a chicken salad now. But WrestleMania, I gotta say this. I'm glad you didn't take full credit for this because I built up a lot of ammo, like in research, to like destroy you when you try to take credit for this. Yeah. Being like the hacker and all the bullshit. With all the times they changed this, like Retribution debuted on SmackDown. The hacker was on SmackDown, but then all of a sudden we get a couple months later, and it's Retribution became Raw exclusive. You know what happened that week? Ali randomly became a Raw superstar that week too. So this is like the tr- the, the crumbs have been there. If uh, you wanted to look for them, I guess, even though it was a I didn't expect the reveal either, even though it was literally right there in front of us. But it just goes to show that they kind of had an idea of what they were going to do, but not really. So, but if we look back all the way at the hacker, like, remember when we were debating, like, remember when they had the video of, like, the tag teams and stuff? Mm-hmm. And that's when I started throwing Shorty G at you because of the white hand. Because I'm like, oh, they're going after tag teams. It's not a white hand. Let's not, let's not go down that road. It's not it a, white a white hand. hand. It's not a the white hand. The picture you sent is a white hand. No, it's not. And you got, I think you. Nestlemania. That could have been Slapjack. That could have been teabag, or it could have, you know what I mean? Or it could have been a stand-in, because, hey, when Retribution came out, there were a bunch of little people. There were a bunch of little people. I'm telling you right now. they got gigantic. So, look at me. I'm uh, I'm saying this as a concerned friend. I believe that you, TJ, and everybody else that thinks that is a a white-skinned hand might be colorblind or have something wrong. I see see a lot of different aspects of color. I can see different aspects. But you, unfortunately, are a little bit narrow-minded and see black and white. (laughs) I, however, am seeing different shades. And that is definitely Mustafa Ali's hand. You, TJ, and the rest of the world think one thing. I think differently. But I have to be right. You're an insane person. I'm not insane. You're an insane person. Insane would depict that I do the same thing and expect the same results. You do. You take the side by yourself, think oh, it's, no, it's right, even though it's clearly wrong. Jeez, oh my, you're done. No, I just I, I <sighs> just want you to know that it is, I will put out the picture, and anybody else that thinks that it is not Mustafa Ali's hand is absolutely, 100%, unequivocally high. That's what I'm going to say. Well, Nestlemania, I hate to say it, but maybe you should get high because you're dead rot on this one. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yes. No, it's, I'm not. It's, it's, it's sad at this point. It's sad. No, it's not sad. Sad. Okay, S-A-D. okay, okay, let me ask you this. Will you clear my name? Seriously, 100%. Will JC come on this program and clear my good name, or bad name, depending on how you feel about me, on this program, if they somehow draw a link to him being the hacker and go well, back no, no, to the no, no, footage and on, say hold something? On, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, TJ said it perfectly in the group. When we saw the fucking circle thing with the hacker, we all knew it was Ali. The reason why I started touting Shorty G as well is because my argument was it was a tag team because they had the video going after tag teams. At that time, Ali was in a tag team with Shorty G. All the, Everything else, we were just fucking with you. But clearly in that video, it is a white hand. They should draw the link to Ali and the hacker because it clearly was with the fucking circle gave it away. That's literally his little fucking circle thing. So, no, I will not clear your name for that because that proves nothing. It was a white hand, 100%. You have, maybe it was it was this is, this is this is a blue blue dress white dress thing all over again. This is what it is. But it's not because it's a white hand. It's okay. It's a, that's the way it's okay. No, it's not it's okay. okay. It's not. No, 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 okay, no. I'm not letting this go. Here's the tiebreaker. 
if you look at the Jabberknocker prediction standings, who's dead fucking last? That is, that, is, that is nothing to do. I that has nothing to do. That has nothing to do with what you're. you're you know how you. You know how I know you're wrong. You got that here's, disease, my here's, here's how I know you're wrong. Here's how I know you're wrong. When you're losing an argument, you grasp at straws, and that's what you do. You're, this has no he's, merit to no, over here. What I predict in wrestling, shush for one second. Because I literally what, have a straw shush, in my mouth right now. Shush. He's drinking a coffee. Shush. The reason why you say these things is because my my ability or lack thereof to predict predict matches. Has nothing to do yes, with whether or not this is right or not. You or right. Have a, no, you it have is not. An issue with being correct because you are no. wrong all the time. It's okay. I am We're wrong. I Ask just friend, said I was wrong. I'm here for you. Oh my god, my damn is it! On your shoulder here virtually because we need to social distance. But I'm here for you, even in this pandemic era. I hate we you. Love you, WrestleMania. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. But I think it no, might you be don't. time to move on. No, you don't. You don't love me. You don't care about me. You don't care. You think this is good audio? This is why you keep doing this to me. You're you a terrible else friend. Is, you're you're you, know you are terrible. Uh, we're not friends anymore. We're just co we're just co-hosts. Oh my god, he's complaining. Well, you know what I'm gonna do, Nestlemania? I'm gonna take your argument. It's this uh, hypothetical pen right here. See it? And I'm gonna throw away, throw it away because it's a sham, just like Sami Zayn did with the sham IC title. Anytime someone throws a title in the rubbish, it's good TV. Anytime Sami Zayn is on my TV, it's good TV. But you know what the best part of that segment was? Do you know what aired immediately after Sami Zayn threw that title in the trash? I don't. A commercial for WWEshop.com to buy titles. <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I'd like, it was such a silly thing, and it was just random, but I thought it was fucking hysterical. It's like, you have a guy in a segment throwing away a title, and you're telling fans to buy the $600,000 titles. I just enjoyed that. I thought that was good. Yeah, I mean, you know, God forbid someone buys a $600, $700 uh, Undertaker uh, title. That thing is... Ridiculous. I saw somebody buy that, by the way. So uh, good on you if you can buy it, but why no would comment. you? No comment. Is what it is. Uh, just honest to God, guys, I'm not trying to be negative. I I mean, I'm, I mean, it's in my blood, obviously, but I, I was trying. I'm grasping at straws. There's not a lot of stuff that I enjoyed this week. Um, There's one more thing that I enjoyed besides that. You ready? Go ahead. Mandy Night Raw continues her undefeated streak. Another pin. She looks great with the short hair. I, I can't get over that enough. Like, I literally, it's jaw-dropping. But she picks up another win. I don't care what type of match it was or anything else. Mandy got another win. That's all that matters. Nestle Mandy, you talk about grass nest draws in a week with nothing else? I only had this, and there's literally not much else I can talk about. <laughs> I will say this much. I will say that uh, on Raw, specifically, I was super excited to see Braun versus Keith Lee. That piqued my interest like no other. However, but however... We'll get into more, I'm sure, later. But I well, will let's say... Let's just talk about it right now because we're there. Okay. So they make it an unsanctioned exhibition match. How did the match end at WrestleMania? I believe it was count-out or disqualification. I can't remember. I'm t- my Count-out. Is... Count-out. In an unsanctioned exhibition match, we're doing count-outs now? <sighs> I mean, what but, do you want? Yeah, uh, literally, cause, so I wasn't watching yet because I had, was working the Patriots game last night. So I started late, but I saw your tweet saying excited. I'm like, Braun versus Keith Lee, that's awesome. But my first thought was like, why are they doing this on free TV? This is the problem with WWE. It's like, if you're going to do this on free TV, a match of that caliber should be your main event. Like, instead of just having a random six-man tag or like, oh, Drew McIntyre's wrestling has to be in the main event. No. Put the thing in the main event that is going to pop my eyeballs out of my out of the TV. Like, onto the TV. And that would be, you talk about Braun and Keith Lee. Something we've never seen before. And look at they t- I know WWE likes to do it. They like to tease it and be like, oh, now that you've seen it, you want more. It's like, no, save this. But you know what? I, I knew they had to schmazz it, but 
They could have just done it a lot better, but I definitely do want to see these two again. I mean, we're headed towards pay-per-view, so I assume that's where we're stacking it, but it's just... You've talked about this on the program a lot, and I will give you credit to this because that's what a good friend does, give credit where credit is due. Uh, you say things like, you know, sometimes you don't have to put everything on a pay-per-view. You don't need to, you don't need to front load a pay-per-view sometimes. Maybe you need to start it on Raw, end it on Raw, wherever, or SmackDown or whatever. And this would have been a perfect case to start and maybe stop on SmackDown. However, we're stuck with, you know, what we have. So it is what it is, unfortunately, as they say in this business. So I don't really know what else I can say. If there's anything else... So- the only other thing I'll, I'll kind of do, and you can transition out of this if you want, um, but I know you've been a big proponent of it. You, you really wanted The Fiend on TV. You wanted more Bray Wyatt. Like, what is he doing? Like, they're teasing the funhouse and not giving it to you. And so, obviously, we get this KO thing. Whereas, I don't know, we're obviously they're jumping brands, whatever. But we got the draft next week, so clearly all bets are off. They're going to do whatever they want the next couple episodes. But I will say, this is at least a matchup I never really thought about that I'm intrigued by. Because not only I think it's they're both good promos, it'll probably be a good wrestling match. But what happens when you lose to the Fiend, WrestleMania? You change. Guess what, Kevin Owens? I want him to do more than anything right now. Change. I love Kevin Owens. I think he's fine as a babyface. But you know where Kevin Owens is the best Kevin Owens? When he's a fucking asshole. So if he has this nice little short-term feud with the Fiend, loses, and comes back as an asshole, we all win. So for me, that's shine. But I got nothing else. No, look, I, I was so I was intrigued by the uh, KO show on SmackDown with the Bliss. I thought that was nice. I thought she was... Just enough enamored, just enough in a daze. She did a good job, so I think that she deserves praise on that. I think that given the situation she's in, I think she's she's doing it relatively well because they have to slow play this. Yeah. So I totally get it. Uh, but, you know, I was interested. I just don't like the Maury Povich KO. Like, what? Like, is he is he not the father? Like, I feel like, they, like honestly, why didn't they? Here's here's something here's something that I'm sure our boy Danny across the pond will love. Why didn't they have KO host Seth Rollins so he could reveal the paternity test for Aaliyah? That would have been more Maury Povich than WWE probably. Because we've seen too much KO and Seth. Rollins, no, I know. I'm I just saying. So. It's just the, the the having the the dignity of trying to put the Riot Squad together or having like these little like fatherly advice moments for people and just having a problem with Ric Flair, then eating a boot from Randy Orton. Like he, let's be honest on the surface, this entire after WrestleMania thing, after jumping off the sign, literally he jumped into obscurity. Like he has been there. Now granted that might be by his choice. COVID, he may not want to wrestle, still be there again. We can't blame him for that. That I'm taking out of the equation, but I think that you can find somebody like Kevin Owens. I find him interesting no matter what he does. I think he's amazing. He will find a way to make me stay and watch. There's some people that can do that. He is one of them. However, it doesn't excuse the fact that the creative should be decent enough for me as a fan to go, okay, Alistair Black versus KO. I would enjoy this, yet somehow I don't. Explain. I can't. I can't. I just, I can't do it. And I should be able to. Now, I don't know if he's trying to look like, you know, the guy from Escape from New York, Kurt Russell, and I forget the name of the guy. I think it's Snake. But just, God damn it, man. It just doesn't make any sense. And so KO having this, the whole thing with the fiend, he comes out, he gets the mandible claw and then he describes it on, you know, Monday. And then of course you knew they were going to throw to a firefly fun house, which there wasn't really much for me to detect because it was very much an, uh, you know, I'll see you on Friday gimmick, which we know the heels always do. So for TJ to be like, there's heels and there's faces. Yeah, there are heels and faces, TJ. Although there are shades of gray as, uh, as your boy, uh, 50 shades of gray canoe will tell you. Uh, but 
Anyway, my long-winded response basically means that they're they're. I don't know if we've, we're going to talk about this in the finish, but they are stacking up Friday on Fox for yep. this draft. I have it all written down. Yep. So it I mean, huge. there's a Big reason show. that they are really pushing this one hard because they're hoping to get. I hope they're trying to reach two million. They're not going to get it because a draft don't mean anything on a Friday night when people want to do other things. Uh, during a pandemic, I got nothing better to do. Well, so I'll be watching. Are you going to watch it live? You WrestleMania. What gets me hot and bothered? Drafts, baby. Drafts, baby. I'm starting to think about the NBA draft now. I'm still thinking about the NFL draft because I love it and I love looking back. So WWE draft, no matter how shitty it is, and it isn't really a draft, it's more of like people like switching brands because they're not literally being with the number one pick. I'm taking Roman Reigns. No, no, no. But I just I still love it. I love I love transactions. I love movement. I love people going different places because you know what it does? It creates more hope, more opportunity, fresh to death stuff. So yeah, I'm fired up, bro. I think be more drop shit in my hope. You just you kind of you kind of just made me feel a little bit more. I, I we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see. If I feel I'm gonna go that way for my hope, I might change it. But you kind of gave me something new to think about. Anyway, Ooh. let's move on. Do we got anything else, babyface? Are we gonna go heal? Fuck no. We're going into the heat, folks. Get them off my TV because there's plenty to get off. There. I mean, Monday Night Raw was Monday Night rerun in full, 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 full oh, effect. Uh, especially including uh, to open the show and end the show, sort of, kind of, with six man and six person tags. That obviously is a no-no in the world of Nestlemania. Uh, the women's six-man tag, six-woman tag, excuse me. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of it. It was Woof, as you talked about, your girl Mandy, Mandy one with a knee. So that's excluding that was the only thing that mattered. Only thing that mattered, right? Uh, but everything else is just terrible. Shania Payne comes out, puts Lana through a table for the third time, I believe, uh, at this yeah, point. That is a, you want to talk about Monday Night Rerun? That's happened three times now. The last three times we've seen... Naya and Lana together. Lana's gone through a table. I will say that the 24-7 title thing is still a thing. It's still blah, 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 three stooges. I will say I did pop for getting uh, the fist fight in the dumpster. Like, I thought that was cool. Like, I always get giggled into <laughs> that stuff. But again, I did like that our truth kept calling him Randy Orton. Yeah. Because it called back to something they did last week. But it's one of those things. It's like, they're like, okay, truth and Tazawa have had this great feud. But you know what? Let's insert a third man. Let's insert Drew Gulak. It, I don't know. It just It's not... I feel like the creativity, like they need like a reset button on for this because it was fun for a while, but now it's just kind of, I don't know. It's maybe, not it's not the same. Maybe have the twenty four seven title in the underground, like somebody suggested. Just saying. I mean, the underground doesn't exist right now because it has COVID. So, well, you know that big guy at the front door should be doing temperature checks. Just saying. Well. Hey, I don't disagree, but it's Shane McMahon show, and we know everything he touches turned to shit. It's true. So Do you see how, man, how that man probably has COVID? Do you see how much that man sweats? Do you know how many, you know how many aerosol things could be flying around with Shane McMahon sweating? <laughs> Erroneous. You love bringing up Shane's sweat problems. Yeah, dude. He's, he's got a, he's, I, I'm, I am so many things. I am a sweat shamer. I sweat so much, too, so I, I kind of relate to you it. You have such a wet handshake. I don't look that bad on TV. So you have a wet handshake. Ever. You get nervous a lot, don't you? No, it's it's more. It's not really nervous. It's more of like I have trouble sitting still, so I get une- like I gotta I get uneasy and I'm on edge because I need to move. So that's kind of where that more comes from. It's not really nervousness because there are very few things that get me nervous anymore. Because who cares? But okay, yeah. whatever. Whatever. And of course, uh, something that I thought I was going to enjoy very much was the long-winded Randy Orton promo at the beginning describing how he beats up geriatric people, which again, was fine. He painted a picture, but because of the oofiness of last week, I couldn't buy into this week, so I will say this is definitely heady. And again, we already know we are facing them, him and uh, Hell in a Cell, and then of course the Mac has to respond with saying, yes, I'll be there, yada, yada, yada. 
But, you know, at the very end of the night, we have a six-man tag where, again, nobody cares. And again, I said this in the Jabinaka thread, I think you would all agree with me. Having Ali be the end of the show would have been so much more effective, in my opinion, than a random-ass six-man tag where Orton so, pins the champion. I'm I'm pretty much over this Orton Drew thing because I think they've drawn it out too much. And I just, I don't know. But I will say the one thing they did in the main event, Randy Orton pinned Drew McIntyre in WrestleMania. Do you know the last time Drew McIntyre has been pinned? Probably before he was champion. Survivor Series, apparently. I saw someone say on Twitter. I don't know if that's accurate. I'm going off what they said. But I was thinking back. I'm like, that kind of makes sense. Survivor Series, the last time Drew McIntyre got pinned. So it is a big deal. But at the same time, it's just like, eh. We've seen this match, what, three, like, couple, multiple times now. And I love both these guys. It's just, I don't know what else they can do. Like, hell and something. The match will probably be great. We still will kill each other. We know Orton's great in those type of environments, but... It just it's for me it's I'm just kind of over it and it sucks because I like these guys. I mean, this is probably the one where Randy Orton finally wins and we'll just be like, eh, whatever. Oh, I don't know. And then, then I, I have the, a feeling Orton might be headed to SmackDown, so they'll it'll just be the tease like, will Randy Orton take the title with him to SmackDown? No, Drew will beat him and then Orton will go on his merry way. That's my prediction. There you go. Pain. There's so much more. Do we even get to the... You know, let's just do it. Let's rip off the Band-Aid. Team Buddy Christ, as in the Messiah and Buddy Murphy. <laughs> Team Buddy Christ. Yeah, Buddy Christ. You don't know about Buddy Christ? <laughs> no, whatever. Live a little. Anyway, Team Buddy Christ... Oh, I live, baby. I live. Team Buddy Christ had a tag team match against, you know, uh, Shimmy Shimmy and Dom. And, uh, shimmy Shimmy Dom! There you go, the, as you say. Joe Stopper? The Joe Stopper. The original. Uh, so they have this match, and then... Uh, well, even before then, I believe... They had some kind of understanding, not understanding. Buddy asked him for an apology. Uh, Seth Rollins wanted an apology, but apparently the apology was for Aaliyah. That didn't work. The, the tag match didn't work well. And then uh, later we were given an, a clock for an apology within the hour. <laughs> they had a graphic. Yep. They had a, Seth and Murphy, disciple and Messiah, had a feud over an apology. Yep. And look at like... This week, it was definitely, like, a down week for this shit, like, for sure, 100%. But I will say, like, for those of you that want to be done with the Mysterios and Seth, like, yeah, I think Ali is still going to be linked, but we're now look like we got Seth and Murphy as the actual feud. Um, so at least I think that should be a positive for you guys, because we're finally getting away from it. The link's always still going to be there, because they're using Aaliyah as the rift between these two. But at least now it's not going to be Seth versus Dom every week, I don't think. It seems like those guys might finally be moving on a different way. Um, Dom and Shimmy as a tag team, it appears. But a feud over an apology, which I did like when they started like throwing hands at each other. I'm like, okay, Seth and Murphy. This was the end game we wanted when this whole thing started because it could be a great launching point for Murphy with maybe Seth putting him over big before Seth goes to daddy daycare. So we might be finally getting there. Um, so I think that's the positives of it, but... They dragged us through a lot of shit to get there, man. This week, I'm surprised. Those segments I, were cringe. I will, you know, I would. I, if I hit the the soundtrack, it would be a round of applause right now for calling this on the carpet because you're such a. Uh, you're saying how great Seth Rollins is. However, I'm telling you, man. Here's here's where I give Dominic a week off. I'm telling you. So I'm I'm watching I'm watching this entire thing, and then of course she comes out to defend Buddy after he gets whacked and gouged in the eye and the whole thing, and then of course all the Mysterios come fumbling out at the back, like whatever. But Dominic, to his to his credit, was like an actual human being for once, and was like, <laughs> "What's wrong with you? 
What are you doing? Like, just the fact that he was just kind of whiny was like, what are you doing? Get it through your thick skull. Don't help him. Do you remember what we did to dad? Like, I bought that. Everything he set up into this point was reading a script. That, however, I believed. I believed Dominic being like, look, you stupid woman. Don't do that. Like, I, like, I understand. A 22-year-old showing growth. What a concept. Listen, I, look, he's not getting my comeback this week because why would I ever give him my comeback? I think I gave him a couple weeks ago. However... <laughs> As I talk myself out of that. You definitely did. Yeah, I definitely did. So to be honest, <laughs> but our, but the, the backstage segment where like before he was supposed to apologize and he talks to Aaliyah and she's like, Murphy, you're not considering having second thoughts and giving him the apology he wants. And I went, Josh, who the fuck is Josh? JC, I went, God damn it. Like, I'm pretty sure pretty sure you could put an inanimate object in there with a voiceover and nobody would know the difference yeah but that inanimate object wouldn't be a mysterio booyaka also or, yeah. also just just <laughs> just because i'm a stickler is this or is this not a boyfriend girlfriend storyline it is a lot of bit gray however people have told me on the twitter because a lot of people you know on twitter have no lives apparently Aaliyah has a bunch of instagram photos with her boyfriend so you know it's just like yeah. I mean, it's literally, I think people forget that wrestling, there's a lot of acting with it. There are actors who kiss other actors. Sure, I know, I even know. Even though they're not together. This is the same thing. It's a storyline. They just, used her, they're using her as the wedge to transition to break up Murphy and Rollins. It's working. That's all it has been the whole time. It's not going to be a long-term thing. I think eventually her and Angie will be off TV. They just clearly like... The, the family angle, I think, has worked in this feud. It's probably definitely run its course, but it has worked. And they're just continuing to use her because whether you find it annoying or whatever with her, it's it's it creates buzz. People are interested, so they're using that buzz, and they're building a star in Murphy, or at least trying to. That was my defense last week, so I still kind of feel the same way, even though this was 100% a bad week for it. That's the use for it. She's not a good actor. She's 19 years old. She's not going to be a wrestler. But they're using what they got, and it is what it is. But I mean, I don't know. They do. They need to. They need to do a better job next week with the writing because this week was not. Here's great. here's what you do. Here's what you do. If you really and this is I don't I don't, I don't condone violence against women ever. But I would love to see. This is what I would love to see. I would love to see her defend like she's in love with him, whatever, and then she covers him up like Miss Elizabeth would for Randy Savage. You know what I mean? And then Seth Rollins is like sitting there going like, am I going to hit a woman? Because you can't come back from something like that. You're going to get booed out of the building for something terrible like that. And then Dom has to come in and save the day. Like that to me would be something where I'm like, okay, like now it's going to be Buddy and Dom. That's fine. Like they're okay with each other. There's some respect, maybe, maybe not. But I, I, I just, I don't buy Umberto versus Umberto and Dom together. I I I am buying the fact that there is going to be a buddy. I can't even believe I'm saying this. Buddy Dom tag team, and they're gonna, <laughs> yep, and they're gonna win the tag titles because this is where we're headed, folks. And they're no tag team, so they have a pretty good shot. Yeah, it it, and I don't I don't I don't condone that at all. I think this is all stupid, but I feel like this is the route we're taking, folks. Like this is where we're going. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do that. Um, I think because I still think they want. It's, I think Seth wants to put over Murphy before he goes. I think that's like his pet project. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. And at least, like, here's the thing: as bad as this was, 
we're still talking about it, man. Because you look at Raw, and that's one of those things of why I've enjoyed this all the time. It's something where at least something happens every week. You know what I mean? Even if there's a useless tag match, there's still like there's still moving parts. So at least there's something to like think about. Whereas so much of Raw, there's nothing to think about with it. It's just like, oh, here you go, random. Okay, we'll do the same thing next week. See you later. So, but yeah, not great. Uh, is there anything else on Raw, or do you want to go to SmackDown? No, go to SmackDown. So, um, what did I talk about last week? How much I loved Reigns and Uso. Great one-offs. I'm a big fan of these one-off feuds because they're perfect. They're like you, you just eat all off the, the meat off the bone in one sitting. There's no reason to save some for later because no leftovers. Very few leftovers taste good later. Well, you know what? They're doing it again. And they just literally, Roman Reigns comes out and be like, I'm giving the man that I love another shot at Hell in a Cell. That's it. And you know what? I'm happy AJ Styles came out and was like, fuck off. Are you kidding me? This is bullshit. And then he he did the dude. He did the deed, man. He put over Russo clean. So I, I do like that. I thought that match was good. But it's just, it's one of those things where it's like you had something that was perfect the way it was. But now you're going to just do it again, and we're going to have more build. Maybe it'll be good. It probably will be. The match will probably be good. I'm sure it will be. But it's just one of those things. It's like, I don't know. Sometimes you just got to end it at the peak, because then you'll just remember it forever, like I did with Cena Henry and Cena Truth. But now it's going to turn into a longer thing, and the rest of SmackDown will continue to be in a waiting game. So I don't know. Let me ask you this. How do you feel slash what do you think is going to happen when they say, the stakes will not be higher. Nothing can be higher than this Hell in a Cell match. What does that mean? It's for the fucking title. It's, it has the same stakes as every title match. You're fighting for a championship. That's supposed to be the highest stakes in wrestling. A world championship. So, like, I don't... What, what does that mean? Like, it's... it's if Did they fight until someone dies? Like, what, what's changed? Well, I imagine that he has to acknowledge that he's the, the tribal chief. Like, even if he doesn't want to, that's part of it. Whoop do you fucking do? But I also believe that there is a portion of me in, in my old, old school wrestling brain that thinks this would be a great way to write the Usos off television for a bit. Because he's already well, got a bit. They're pretty much written off television. No, I know, I know. But, once his name came back. But like you can say he gets fired. You can get, you know, loser leaves, you know, WWE. You can do all that stuff. Like I would prefer that because even though Jay did a great job and I talked about it last week that how great he did. I mean, his bread and butter is with his brother. Like, there really is no other way to say it. It's just, they're a great tag team, probably one of the best tag teams ever. They are the best tag team ever. I agree with our boy Billy on so, that So, you know, it's just, it's hard. It's, it, you know, I just don't see it anymore past this Hell in a Cell thing. It, it has to be some, you know, unless there's some crazy ceremony where he's like, you got to put the lay over my head and, and say in front of my entire family that I'm the chief, all that stuff, you know, that... That just embarrassment, I think, is where it's going to head. That's where it is. If it, yeah. I hope not. But I, I, unless it's a loser leaves WWE match, I don't really see it being higher. Like, what's more? Like you said, what's higher stakes than a championship match? Yeah, you're losing I don't, your like, job. Like whenever they say that shit, it's like fuck off. Stop insulting. They Dixie carted it. They over. They yeah. over. They over explained <laughs> it. And they oh they 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 they, they promise something they can't deliver, and that's what it is. Yep. It's like yep. getting getting your packages five days late from the uh, from the United States Postal Service. Don't matter. Still got it. Don't matter, though. <sighs> okay. Last thing I want to bring up. Interestingly enough, not interestingly enough, Otis next week in court. Your thoughts? I'm excited for it. How could you not be? We, I've been asking for this since they started this shit. Like, there wasn't much, obviously, that happened with that this week, but at least we know, like, that's coming now. 
Um, I think the draft is going to drastically change a couple of these superstars, like where they're going to be, mm-hmm. whether it's Miz and Morrison or maybe having Machinery go Sarah or something. I just, I don't know. I think something's going to drastically change here for this. So this is for me the finale of this feud, and I'm excited for it. Okay. Maybe they do like a a, a match at the pay per view because sure. we have that kind of grace period. But like this is this is the the summit of this feud. So I'm excited for it. Summit implies that it is a high mountain to climb. It's more of a mobile. well. Yeah, they, we've climbed the mountain to get here, man. We're reaching the top. We can finally. We saw the peak last week, and we're going to be at the peak Friday. How night. do you feel about your boy Jomo Jabber alerting? That was pretty ridiculous, huh? I mean, he's not my boy. I respect him, and I like him with the Miz. Two jobber I mean, alerts, by the way, back-to-back. Shorty G ate I a boot. I don't want to talk about the next one. Shorty G ate a boot. God damn it. Ate a boot from your boy Sheamus, so that's fun. Yeah. Bullshit. There's, there's a lot uh, more. There's a lot. I don't think there was a jobber alert on Raw, but I, those two back-to-back were like, what's the point of even having this happen? Yep. But whatever. It is what it is, folks. It is what So what did is. they finally officially revealed the mystery woman as Carmella? Um, Shenanigans. Whatever. I'm cool with it, but... Why does she have a camera from 1959? Actually, I believe that is a new thing they have now, the Polaroid that also connects your uh, phone and Instagram. So I think it's just giving that Polaroid effect. Maybe I'm wrong, but... Uh, yeah, you might be, but I just, I like, bleh. like what? It was fine till that's like whatever, but it's like, okay, this is this is what we're doing, whatever. Untouchable, because nobody I'm wants to wrestle I'm glad that she's a heel again, because like I said, heel Carmella at his peak was awesome, that short title run she had, but I just, I don't know. These gimmicks... Well, I have the potential to be great, but they usually always fall short. Here's what I want to know. How will Corey Graves play this on commentary? That's what I would like to see. It's one of those things, like, I feel like they do it where, like, they acknowledge it sometimes, but then most of the time they ignore it. So I'm assuming it'll just be like that. See, this is why, as much as Corey Graves is amazing at what he does sometimes, this is where I get upset because Bobby Heenan, obviously, is number one all time. Not that Corey Graves is number two or three or four, but he's getting up there. He's really good. He is. But Bobby Heenan would commit to something so trivial like this that he'd be like, yeah, she kissed me goodnight. You know, like he he would do something And, that, like and that's that. the thing, like Graves usually does that, like especially you see it where like where he's like sticking with a superstar. Like he was so anti-Sasha forever, no matter what, whether she was a healer. Like he always, he had certain spots with those things. And, but yeah, he has kind of like, I don't know, the last couple months he has, it seems like he has kind of softened with a lot of that stuff where he's not the definitive, like, overpowering Graves. So, I don't know, maybe we get a commentary shakeup in the draft too, which might help everyone. Maybe some people jump around. That could be interesting. Maybe. Mix up the teams a little. Maybe. I just don't know if there's any real teams anyway. I mean, Samoa Joe on SmackDown well, would be Cole way better. Well, Cole and Graves have been, have been the team for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. But maybe... Maybe Graves and Samoa Joe switch spots, and now Graves is on Raw, you know, back with Mandy where he belongs. And the electric chair segment, which he, you know, he coined for one week. (laughs) That was wonderful. Not his fault, but, you know, I just like to give shit. But, yeah, look, there's not a lot going on. Let's just get hopeful. I think it's time to get hopeful. Glorious! You are my only hope. Would you like me to start or you to start? You can start. So last week I gave a six-pack of sending uh, three superstars routines to Raw, three to SmackDown. This week... It's like, okay, so I picked people that are kind of on our mind. But the draft always presents opportunities to return superstars we haven't seen in a while as a surprise and send them somewhere. Obviously, NXT took the Ember Moon one away from me because I would have loved to send her somewhere. But she's down on NXT. That's exciting. Same with Tony Storm. They're both coming back. Woo! We'll talk about more of that later, maybe. Um, but for me, I'm looking around. And the fact that they put Sasha Bailey as a title match on Friday, maybe Sasha does win it here. And maybe Bailey goes to Raw in a surprise or something. That would be something. Or maybe Sasha loses and she goes to Raw. Who knows? But in my scenario, Sasha wins. 
Bailey finds out she's drafted to Raw. So suddenly we're looking at SmackDown and being like, man, they've lost Bailey and Mandy, two of the biggest stars in the company. And they're just, you know, Rock, you know, they have Shania Payne. They have Bianca Belair who's doing weird vignettes. Like, they have a lot of depth on Raw. But SmackDown, they're lacking that star power. So you know who gets drafted to SmackDown? Woo! Charlotte Flair. Because you know what feud I want to see again? We haven't seen it in a while. Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair. They always had Boehners. Run it back. Send Charlotte to SmackDown. That's my big hope. And, you know, going with her just for fun, because I was looking at people who were gone at my return. I wasn't going to talk about Lars Sullivan, but don't be surprised if he pops up on Raw on Monday. That's a prediction that I don't want to come true. That probably will. But there's someone else in WrestleMania, a former world champion, who I was going to send to Raw, but apparently he's a Raw superstar. So for the purposes of my hopes, I have to send him to SmackDown. Don't hinder him, man. Jinder Mahal to SmackDown. Because why not? Everyone wants some gender in their life. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Hashtag JC is super hot fire. So super motherfucking excited for the motherfucking draft. Can you get all those characters in one hashtag? I don't know, but I can try. You should try. Yeah. Anyway, my hope is uh, also draft related, and I also thought about uh, what we could do here, but I'm not going to look at necessarily who's going to what show, yada, yada, yada. They did make a joke, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, and they deleted it right away, that the NXT was part of the draft, to which does percolate in my brain a little bit, uh, who, who, who could be sent to NXT, who could be sent to Raw, who could be sent to SmackDown, but that's not really where I'm lying here. What I would like to see, and I think we talk about it every year at the draft, is we got the draft, but what I want is what we all get in sports with the draft. I don't want the wrestling that day. I They have the set. You have the table. You have the draft coverage. Somebody comes up with their next pick. You have somebody on there saying, hey, Somebody just traded somebody to Raw. Like you need Adam Pierce. Yes. Adam Pierce is the face of management. You need you need to have <laughs> here's here's the thing. In a world full of kayfabe, in a world full of bullshit and all that stuff in between, to have a WWE insider, not like a Ryan Satin, whatever, but having somebody like a, a a mini Schefter for WWE for this particular thing to break coverage, to have a Corey Graves or somebody just on that table. To have that Peter feeling. Rosenberg and Sam Roberts. Yeah, I don't listen. I don't want Sideshow Bob anywhere near my wrestling product. All right, that guy he sucks. That guy sucks. And I'm not just saying that because we have a podcast and he has a podcast. And I, you know, I envy. No, him. he I don't. legitimately sucks. He's, no he's one not likes good. him. He's not literally good. Twitter the entire time is like, well, turning off the pre-show because Sideshow Bob's on. It's true. I would rather Rosenberg because at least he has a background yeah. and isn't annoying. And I like, don't dislike Rosenberg as much as him. And sure. I, I used to really like Rosenberg. Now I'm just kind of meh. Meh. So anyway. You have, the, you, you, they always miss this boat. They always miss it. We clamor for five minutes on the clock. You want to have jobber matches in between? Go right ahead. Then go to commercial break, come back. But if you treated Monday Night Raw or Fox, specifically Fox, I think, because of its sports nature, having, having it be centered, centered around the table and having the insiders talk, showing up the B-roll a little bit more, stuff like that, Having insiders backstage talking about somebody got traded, that's what I want because what I would love to see here is I, th I think you hit, hit the nail on the head, JC. Otis is going to Raw, keeping that briefcase with him going to Raw. Because cashing in on Randy Orton is a hell of a lot more realistic than cashing in on Mr. <laughs> I'm Ua. just imagining Randy Orton getting wormed for a world title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because they 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 are not they are not going to have Mr. Ua take that. I, n no video evidence is ever going to happen with that. So. 
having him sn- sniff that area, not going to fucking happen. I, I would I would prefer it to be on Raw where there's a lot more wiggle room, no pun intended. I guess pun intended uh, for that. But I, I just want the presentation to be more sports-like, and I, I just... I think it would give us something different for once in our lives with these drafts. It just, you you have Kayla, you have all these other people mm. who are good, like an Xavier Woods. You have you can dust off JBL if you really have to, even though I'm not a big fan. Michael. And then you can Bobby have, you know, so- you can have the shucky ducky quack quack of Booker T giving you that street cred. You can have all these things, but make that the center of the show for you once. You know who would be good for a show like this? CM Punk. Yes. But it'll never happen. No, never. It'll never happen. Never happen. But you. But just, it would be. Re- he you, would be good having a panel like kind of like their backstage show. I think him and Christian are elite analysts, like yeah. at everything, because I think they're both so well spoken. They're intelligent. They have good takes. They're not afraid also to put themselves out there. So yeah, I just there's no way in hell they're putting CM Punk on TV. No, but here's here's what I'm saying is like when you watch the NFL, as you talked about the NBA or or any draft, really, there's always one asshole that's like, what a terrible pick. That's what you need. You need to be able to, for somebody to say, what a great pick, what a terrible pick. Because then you get the chatter going. You get the, the and I know they're going to say on the WWE Network, the free version, go to Raw Talk, go to Talking Smack after the fact. No. This week alone, folks, just give me Draft Central. Give me WWE Draft Central. Even make it, if you want to do this, because they do it for pay-per-views, the, 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 the watch-along, make that a 2 screen experience for people so that it makes it feel like Monday and Friday are a little bit different from Monday and Fridays that are clearly half reruns half the time. That's what you need. You need that experience to make it feel like a big deal. That's what I want to see. And it would make me so happy that they would do something like this. So that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag TJ up your ass and to the left. Thank you. Wow. That was a little disrespectful, but yeah, we'll see. Draft on Friday and Monday. We're excited. Don't call it a comeback. They've been here for years. Nestlemania, the doctor will see you now. Britt Baker is back on AEW. So you know what? Not only does she get my comeback, but pew, pew, pew. It is time for the JC's Super Hot Fire AEW Hot Take of the Week. You ready for this one? New segment I added right now that maybe we'll do again, maybe not. Didn't even ask for clearance. Britt Baker should beat Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship at Full Gear. The end. Good night. Give it a strap to the moon, baby. You should really ask for clearance if you're going to do a new segment on the show. Hell no. It's sponsored by... Arson. You had an in there with the rocket ship. You could have just said Blue Chew. Ooh. I don't use Blue Chew, though, so it's not believable. Okay. <laughs> you think I need Blue Chew? I'm, I don't know what you need. I don't need Blue Chew. I do not need you Blue need Chew. need a pulse. I don't know. Yikes. Anyway, let's move on to Yikes. my comeback this week. I'm going to give it to somebody that I not expect to give it to, which is Mr. Shimmy Shimmy Yeah. <laughs> Seeing him back on television. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Okay. Why are you laughing at me? Why not? Why can't I? You can do whatever this you want. This is a positive man. segment. I'm yeah, trying to be positive. See, here's here's the thing I have a problem with you. Here's I have I have a, I have an absolute problem with you, TJ, DQ, everybody. You know what? Everybody in the jobber knocker. I come outside my door. I try to say what a beautiful day. I get hit in the face with a proverbial newspaper by you assholes. Now you know how we feel when we're watching something. You come in and you're like dark cloud. Da na na. But wouldn't you want to encourage positivity in the world? 
I am encouraging. No, 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 no. You just shit on all the positivity. You don't know what I was laughing at. I could have got a message that I was laughing at. You look directly at me. They can't see this. I can see you on FaceTime. You look directly at me and started turning and then shaking and going, because it's funny because you shit on this guy like 20 minutes ago. That's why it's a comeback. He went from bad to good, in my opinion. It's a comeback. It's a it's a wonderful shimmy, story. Shimmy, shimmy, hey, yeah, hey. I just you listen. You try to do nice things in this world, and then somebody like JC comes along and cuts you at the knees. That's all it is, folks. I mean, I I only do that to people who deserve it. So you're telling me I deserve it? Why not? You gonna finish your comeback? You're gonna keep arguing with me. He looked tan. He looked jacked. He cut his hair, so there's no sweeping weird curl thing in the back. He looked good, uh, <laughs> even though he ran the ropes the wrong way because that's what he does every week. That's fine. Uh, but he looked happy. He looked he like he slowed down a little bit, a little bit more physical. His pace was slowed down because you know the anchor of Dominic, so that was good. And then of course they had a great showing. So I'm excited for the uh, the shimmy factor, not necessarily the shimmy shimmy dom. But my comeback goes to Shimmy because he looked a little different, looked a little bit better, in my opinion, and he deserved it. So here it is, my comeback to Shimmy Shimmy. Yeah, Mr. Humberto Correa. Should we go to the big finish? Yeah, one, two, three. What a maneuver. Go ahead. All right, Nestlemania. So I am going to socialize the pod, but you mentioned it. SmackDown, big show. Not only is it the draft, not only do we have a court segment, but we have Bailey Sasha for the title. We have Biggie versus Sheamus in a Falls Count Anywhere match. And Kevin Owens versus, we think, The Fiend? But it could be Bray Wyatt. I don't know. But uh, who you got in these three matchups? I believe wholeheartedly Sasha wins, loses at Harlan Cell. I think Otis keeps his contract. I think Big E beats Sheamus. And I believe that uh, KO and The Fiend is not a real thing. It'll be schmazz to death because The Fiend don't wrestle for free. So I think he does on this SmackDown because I think they want to have the entrance for the draft. And who knows? Maybe The Fiend could be getting shipped to Raw. You never know. Um, but I agree with all your predictions, except for I think The Fiend will beat KO, because I think this is a one-off, because I think they have different plans for KO. Why would you, why would you ruin it with the word one-off? Now we know what you said, and now they're going to do another one. Because um, WrestleMania, unlike you, I have hope. Okay. You, you, upset, no me. you, you upset me. You just upset okay. me. That's so all. Uh, give us five stars, five flames. We're going to get to take over an AEW after I socialize the pod, because that's just how we do things. Um, but yeah, like I said, iTunes, Anchor, Archived on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, like, subscribe, comment, five stars, five flames, tell your friends. We pre- It literally takes two seconds, guys, to hit the five star button. You can do it every week. If you're feeling frosty, give us a review as well. We appreciate it. Uh, also, jobberknocker.com. That's our website. You can find, obviously, all those links, as well as tons of other links to our great fucking articles, man. Today's Tuesday. That'd be Impact Wrestling with Dom. Wednesday, oh, a double dip, NXT and AEW from TJ and the Joe Stopper. Sign me the fuck up. Obviously, we have predictions there. Tons of great articles in the archive. So, jobberknocker.com should be your fucking homepage because why the fuck not? Um, Facebook, jobberknocker. Instagram, jobberknocker. Twitter at jobberknocker at Nestlemania at JC of the JK at TQ of the JK at Ray Ray of the JK at LED2411 at Joe Pollock47 at TJ of the JK and at DominFeds33. Follow all those peeps because they're all great follows. They're studs. Tweeted us, twatted us, twitted us, twatted us, twatted us, whatever the twat you want to do to us. Let us know. But make sure that we're okay with it first. Yeah, nah. I'm okay with everything. Do whatever you want. NXT TakeOver WrestleMania. Um, uh, TJ was giving me shit and thread because I said this had like no good lead up besides the main event, which I stand with. But that doesn't mean it can't have good wrestling. Just like you said, Clash of Champions. 
Should he lead up, but it actually had some good things. Take over the same thing. They had a lot of good matches. Obviously, if you want the good takes, listen to the Quinn Twins on YouTube for NXT Hanover. It is a great show. They had two special guests, which you do not want to miss. So it was a jam-packed NXT Hanover. Check them out. But uh, we got to give our hot takes, too. Um, I agreed with them, though. My match of the night was the main event. I know it was long. I know you didn't like, don't like long matches, but I thought Balor and O'Reilly was a great match. Yeah, I mean, once it hits... Like I, I like DQ did say in the show, I, I'll live somewhere in the twenty to thirty for a main event. I will. I'll be okay. It's the forty-five minutes that I'm just like enough, enough. So was this forty-five? I feel I, like this was like thirty. I don't think so. That I was to be honest. I, to give it to give it context, I, I don't think I have the internet connection here right now. But I was trying to look up NXT uh, Takeover Thirty just so I could find out the actual times. But I think that I will forgive it only because of the physicality of um, what they did there and. I always love Kyle O'Reilly just based on his character development. And then, you know, sometimes I, you know, you make a joke about me being a side shamer with Finn. However, I do believe that Finn does bring a lot to the table. It's just he needs, he needs the right dance partner. In this particular case, it made him look more menacing and more tough, which I think you need to have him going forward because once Karrion Cross comes back, you know that that Finn's going to eat that big ass L, essentially, is what he's going to be doing and giving the championship. Here you go, sir. I'd like another. Uh, yeah, for some reason, I can't bring it up. If you want to look at the times, go right ahead. Uh, but I don't care enough. I, I, look, it was the best match of the night by far, uh, but it's not necessarily something that, again, this is a one-off, we hope. Uh, but I think that the thing that bothered me more than anything was it. the match was great, the segment was great, but then the ending kind of made me go, huh? And that's all I'm thinking of. You're not a big fan of... Uh... The fuck's his name? I literally forgot. I'm the one who told you who it was. Ridge Royce or whatever? Uh, Rich Holland. Rich Holland, sorry. Rich Holland, yeah. So he comes out, if you'll, those of you didn't see, with Adam Cole on his shoulder, because a lot of people, like TJ, was like, Adam Cole's going to turn on Kyle O'Reilly. No, don't break up the Undisputed Era until they're called up. They're money. Give them a run first. But uh, maybe they will. Who still? Who knows? But Rich Holland, a UK guy as well, so people are immediately drawing lines to Finn Balor. It certainly wasn't what I was expecting to end a show. But it's at least like I'm going to give it a chance, even though I don't know much about this guy, except for that he almost fucking killed someone a few weeks ago. Um, I, it might have been Bauer. Who knows? But I believe it was Johnny Gargano is what DQ Gargano, said. that's right. That's why TJ was all upset. Uh, but but yeah, it's it was uh, certainly not what we expected. Um, Io Shirai retained, despite the cheating Garganos. I thought this was a fun match. It had certainly the, the woo-woo-woo spots. But you know what, Nestlemania? You know what I love? I love a good Spanish fly. And we got a Spanish fly. So... Works for me. Yeah, look, you know, I, I love Io, so anything she's in will automatically get a pass. I wanted Candice to win here. I thought it was going to be her time. And then if, you know, hubby came out and put on the, the shirt backwards, that was great. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, look. The best he looked all night. Here's, here's, yeah, and that's that's basically what I wanted to say. In this <laughs> moment here, this is, with heel Gargano in this aspect, I like. Don't really necessarily care about what he does in the wrestling ring anymore for me. Because when TJ says, says things like, he's bigger than everybody, he's bigger than the belt, he's NXT, when you beat him, you beat NXT. He called him the Megazord of NXT yeah. because he's absorbed all Bret Hart's and Shawn Michaels and everyone's powers. So I immediately said, so when Damian Priest beats Gargano, then he becomes the Megazord. He was like, yeah, so Damian Priest is now the Megazord of wrestling. Here's, here's a challenge I would love to see. Show me a Johnny Gargano match that, isn't on, a, that is on a takeover. That has gone less than 15 minutes. I guarantee you it doesn't exist. I mean, not many takeover matches except for some of the women's matches back in the day. Here you go. So Tell you right now. I found it, by the way. Oh, my that God. Match, that match was 18 minutes, thir- 
59 That's seconds. That's very short. Very man. short. Very short. A, a huge improvement. However, he wasn't in the main event. So he still took the Metropolis long scenic route. Uh, but you see the Kushida took on the Velveteen Dream 13 minutes. Not a great segment for anybody. I thought that having Kushido get an edge, he's not necessarily a heel. Ray, stop talking about who's heels and faces. He just needed an edge. Uh, but even the Cruiserweights. Yeah. Cruiserweights got 15 minutes. Johnny Gargano's like, I'm taking 45 then, guys. So, you know, still <laughs> still went longer than Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. So, you know what? I only give shit because shit is given to me. Johnny Gargano needs to slow the fuck what down. What was the main event? You said you have the times. Oh, 28-28, which again. So under, I was right. I said about 30 minutes. Yep, under the minute. It, look, under 30 yep. minutes or less if you're in the main event. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because that's what so brings the, me to the dance. The other big things, obviously, was. So, I, I was already, like, hot and bothered when Tony Storm popped up on the Jumbotron. I'm like, yes. Yes, because you know I love Tony Storm. She's great. She's a great wrestler. It's going to be good to inject her into this women's division. But that wasn't the only return we got. Obviously, we got the reveal with Ember Moon. She was the former uh, NXT champion they were talking about. I think this was something none of us expected. I think it's super exciting because now we have EOS champion. We have both Tony Storm. We have Ember Moon. We have Rhea Ripley still in the shadows. Like, There's a lot of upper echelon names down at NXT, assuming... But someone like Ripley doesn't get pulled to Raw or SmackDown, which I think is a possibility, too. There's probably more headed to NXT, and I bet you that that is going to be a real big thing. You know what would be hilarious is if, if Retribution got demoted to NXT. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking hysterical. Oh, would, that would be fucking amazing. That would be hysterical. That would be amazing. Because here's the thing. No matter what anybody says, especially TJ, DQ, everybody else, why is NXT the third brand? It's developmental still because... At Retribution said, we don't want to be in purgatory forever. So you know what? They see it as the third brand because that's what is written in the third brand. So sit down, shut up, and NXT is in the third brand, which is why I can't break a million views. Sorry. I think that's part of the reason why people like it, though, is because it's different from Oh, Raw yeah, it's the down. indie. It's the WWE indie. That's yeah, what it is. So. And that's fine. I'm not saying the stuff isn't good. It is. But it's just not well. It's not worth my time. That's that's Ron, but that's that's your horrible opinion. So we'll leave it at I that. Have, listen. WrestleMania. We have to get to AEW okay, before we sign it. off because they got a big show on Wednesday. Um, they are having a dog collar match for the TNT Championship between Mr. Brody Lee and the American Nightmare, Cody. What are your expectations for this dog collar match? Are you trying to go at me into saying it's going to be dog shit? I'm just trying. I'm curious your take because you're very hot and cold on some of your stuff with AEW because obviously you love it and you like froth at the mouth at the thought of it and you want to lick their dog balls. But you also like love to shit on Cody. You love to. So I'm just curious where you fall. This. And plus, a dog collar match is such a fucking wonky match. Like, who the fuck knows what they're going to do? The only reason I, I don't enjoy Cody sometimes is because you sit there and you you try to sell me a bag of goods like he's the best thing he ever. He is. He's the best wrestler in the world right no, now. No, he's not. He is. No, he's opinion. not. He doesn't yeah, he crack. Is. He doesn't, in my opinion. Who's better? Who's better? Than him right now? Yep. Roman Reigns. 100%. Uh, he just came back and he hasn't wrestled much. I think Excuses. Roman Reigns is top Excuses. Three. Erroneous. Cody's number one. Erroneous. Cody Rhodes has been the rest, best wrestler of 2020. Are we talking here? Well, well what are you grading on? Because that's really what it comes down to for me. What Cody Rhodes is the best wrestler of 2020. That's how I'm grading. You're telling me that his matches are, bet, are better than everybody no, else? No, 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 So... So here's the difference. Like, because you can, if we're going to talk about, oh, best technical wrestler, it's hard to go against guys like Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, those guys ever. But if we're talking about best wrestler, total package of the year, it's Cody Rhodes. That includes everything. Roman Reigns is DQ'd from that because he's been gone most of 2020. Fine, take Roman Reigns off the plate, bro. Okay, then who is? Right now, 
Yep, who's better? Who's on had a Raw. better 2020 than Cody me, Rhodes? I'll pick Raw and SmackDown. Doesn't matter. The, who's been Who's been better than Cody Rhodes in 2020? In 2020? Yeah. I would give it to Mac. I would. Mac's been fine, but I think Cody's had better matches than McIntyre. Apparently, hey, let me ask you this. Really let me ask you this. And this is the yes. I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm, 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 ask, I'm actually yes. trying to figure this out. If he was the number one wrestler in the world, why is he? Why is Dean Ambrose or, or Johnny Moxley going to be the number one in PWA? I'm just saying. WrestleMania. Uh, so we're going to take PWI as fact now. I'm just saying. It. We did a great job on Jobberknocker.com. You know did a great Mania, job with that. Who was the official Jobberknocker number one? It was Cody. Yeah, because you he guys sandbagged everything. Our rankings are better Sandbag. than fucking PWI. Sandbagging it. No, they, we did a good job. No, it's not saying. sandbagging it. We have the smartest minds at the Jobber Knocker come together, and we all picked Cody. And that's even with you, who fucking hates Cody. He was still number one in spite of that. So, just goes to show you. He's had the best 2020. It is undisputed. You're going to tell me also that yep. Seth Rollins hasn't had a great yeah. year. No, why? Because Seth Rollins wasn't good until he started fighting Dominic. The first half of 2020 was shit with him. Cody Rhodes, start to finish, has been the best wrestler of the He left for at least six weeks. Ex yeah, exactly. Six weeks. And he was still the best thing. No one passed him. I See, because you can't, you can't come up with it because he's no, been the I... best wrestler of 2020. Fine. I, I... McIntyre's the Fine. only one that you can make an argument for, and I think Cody's been better. That's all. Well, yeah, you know what? Look, I will, I will say this much. It's hard Listen. to not be the best wrestler in the world when you've been, the, he's the TNT champion for however long it was. He's in, it was only like two months. Well, whatever the long. case is, I just the thing is, is it's hard for me to go. I don't. Here's here, honest to God, here's the truth. I don't you remember hate how much power he has because no, that's not it. That, that is not power. that is Cody Rhodes earned everything. That is done. not it. He that really is not does. it. I don't remember a goddamn thing he did this year. Well, then you clearly don't watch enough Wednesdays. Maybe maybe you're not just an NXT shamer, you're an AEW shamer. That's not true. I do I do enjoy because he AEW. went out there every week and had Boehner matches with all the talent. People wanted to be given chances. He gave it to them. The Jungle Boys. What did he do before Sky, the What did he do before the TNT thing? Then he's fucking Cody, man. He was freaking feuding with everyone. What was he doing? Since you can elaborate on what he had a great year for, what well, did he, he won do? that tournament. That tournament started in like March. Before that, what did he do from January he won to March? In the I don't first know. Two months of the year, he was at the top of the card. He's feuding with MGF. Uh, Cody and MJF, that feud, which is one of the feuds of the year, started off 2020. It was the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020. After he lost to MJF is when he entered this tournament, and then it ended up the him and Archer feud. Start to finish, he's been a stud. Sorry. You can't sell it on me. I'm sorry. Like, because I can't... you hate Cody. You just you just do it. You have. You, but like, this is the thing, that, and it's not just you. I'm going to pick on you because you're in front of me. These are the things. Like People hate it when people reach the top, but it's like, Cody's the guy, he literally, he left the fucking giant company and he went out there. He legitimized all your indie stars, created a company for all of them, put them on the map, and he goes out there and last year, undisputed match of the year for the Jobberknocker, Cody and his brother. His brother. It just is, he performs because he's willing to put himself out there. He puts himself at risk, which I don't like to always see him do. He talked about uh, doing the flip off the cage earlier in the year, how he wished he didn't do that because he still feels it and whatever, but he is a fucking stud. Always has been, but now he's finally getting the recognition for it, and you want to shit on him. Erroneous! I just, I've never been a Cody guy. I'm sorry. I'm not saying he's not talented. I just don't think he's the best wrestler in the world. No, That's I all. know why. It's because you're a size shamer. Just like Vince. Oh, my That's God. That's why he left WWE, because they would not make him a world champion, even though he should have been. There's not enough time in this program for me to talk, at, talk you out of this bullshit. It's it's so, really no, because you can't talk me out of it, because I'm, again... 
on the right side of history. There is one other match in AEW, though, since you clearly, we, we probably both agree that Brody Lee is going to retain somehow and make in some way because it seems like Cody might actually be turning officially heel at some point. Who knows? But uh, Will Hobbs is making his singles debut against Brian Cage in a battle of the muscles. Is that actually what it's, I doubt it's not going to be that way, but they're not billing it like that, are they? As what? The battle of the muscles. <laughs> no, I'm billing it that uh, way because okay. they both have giant muscles. Okay. <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm just asking complete, you know, another nonsense, but that's fine. So do you, are you interested in Will Hobbs is my question. I need to know more about him. Same. I'm the same way. Cause I like his look. I like his fire. Like he was like when he debuted Moxley was in the crowd. I'm like, dude, this guy is energy. I like guys with energy. So I want to see how it goes with this wrestling. I still haven't seen enough of Brian cage to think more than he's just a meathead, whatever. But they're putting that fake title that Taz has on the line, too, apparently. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming Cage will win or something, but I don't know. Honestly, this it's not something I'm looking other forward thing, to. WrestleMania. Everyone shits on WWE for having too many titles. AEW has so many random titles that come in. They're like, this whatever Taz-created championship is on the line. Yeah, it's but like see, Ryder here's the thing. And being like, this is the internet title. I'm putting it on Zach the line. Zack Ryder doesn't belong there if you look on the internet. He, he, well, he, no, Zack Ryder's contract is up. That's why he's not there. He signed a five a five appearance contract. And he will not get re-upped because nobody needs him. We don't know that. He's going to make a boatload of money on the independent circuit when it comes back. Yeah. But here's well, the thing with AEW is they still allow you to work other places. So he still could easily sign another When he shows up to Impact thing. and Dom tells me, I'll, I'll know all about it. And as Dom says, time to freshen the drink. When he says in the articles, I think that's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> when, he, when he's not interested, he goes, time to freshen a drink. So. Well, if you were drinking during Raw, you had about two and a half hours to freshen your drink during that show. So. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. So just just very, just, just out of curiosity, and I know yes. what you're going to say, not to go back to the Cody beating the drum too much, but I I, I brought up the rankings because I didn't know where he, he was on the PW5 or 500 or whatever. So Moxley's number one, Cole's number two, Jericho number three, Mac four, Naito five, Okada six, then Cody Rhodes. Yeah, again, that's their fake news rankings. No, I know. In the Jabberknocker 10, he was number one. Like, that's the thing. You're, you, That's why, like, I'm going to shit on your argument here is because you're not giving me an argument of why you think he isn't. You're taking some fucking virgins who put out a magazine to create buzz, who purposely put Moxley number one because they knew that would get the most buzz because he left WWE to go to another company. And that's what you got to do if you're putting out a magazine like that. You need to have something hot to make people want to pick it up. So it was genius by them, and I give them credit for it. And Moxley, yes, he's had a – I think he's had a very good year. I think, like, you bring it up all the time. I think a lot of his feuds have been kind of meh besides Jericho when he won it. Like, he hasn't really – you know, and it, I think part of it was, like, the COVID stuff and the people they gave him. But, like, putting him number one is just plain wrong because the number one guy is AEW is Cody. If you want to argue me with the Mac, sure, but make the argument because I still think it's Cody. But, like, at least there, like, you can make a legitimate argument. Sure. That's my point. That's fine. Using those rankings as a defense for me is just like paper. I'm going to lay it on fire, you know? That's fine. I, and I totally understand that. I, I do. I just, I, I didn't know from my own exercise. I needed to know where he was in, in the ranking. Yeah. That's why. Well, they got to they gotta put their, some New Japan guys there because, oh, because you it's gotta, Dave that's related. Part of, it's the Meltzer thing. You got to do it, you know? You got to put these guys that probably 5% of your audience actually watch, which is no disrespect to them, but it's true. Like, how, like, how, how many of us watch New Japan? I know you used to, but I don't think you do anymore. I don't have time to do anything anymore. Exactly. So, especially now that we have AEW and NXT, like it just adds more things I'd rather watch before that. You know, that's all. It's true. It's very, very true. Yeah. I think we've exhausted yeah. all of our options this week. Yeah, I'm pretty tired. I yeah, got to work soon. Hey, have fun. Have have fun at work. All right. 
enjoy that uh, that that Felger take that uh, everybody's talking about. So have fun with that. Is what it Felger is. always has a take, man. Is what it is. On yeah. that note, I respect the hell out of that man. And that note, we hope you enjoyed this week's Jabberknocker. We'll be back next week with more Jabberknockery. And the draft!